If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. This next year, something I really want to do, and I'm really hopeful having a separate office space is going to help with this, is just doing more focused work because I feel like I can achieve a lot in a small amount of time when I focus, but I really struggle with focus and I didn't do a great job of figuring that out. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. My initial vision for today's episode was going to be like my hopes and dreams and fears for the new year. And I sat down to outline it and I was like, this is boring. Let's talk about what worked, what sucked, and what we're going to do about it in the new year. And that felt like way more fun. You know, for me, this time of year is always such a reflective time of year to really kind of look back over the last 365 days, but also to look ahead and As the host of a podcast called The Gold Digger Podcast, of course, I want to set goals and resolutions into the new year. But I also think that before we do that, it takes a little bit of introspection and reflection. And so today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to talk about some of the awesome things because this last year was a really, really good one. But I'm also going to dive into seven areas that didn't go so great and what I plan to do to change that in the new year. And I'm also going to share some of the pivots that I'm going to make in the new year and my hopes for that. And so this episode will serve as a little time capsule for myself, but also hopefully a place where you get some inspiration to reflect, dissect, and set intentions moving into the new year. So without further ado, let's dive on in. Looking for a new show to add to your podcast library? Well, look no further than Being Boss Podcast hosted by Emily Thompson. Being Boss is an exploration of not only what it means, but what it takes to be boss as a creative business owner, a freelancer, or a side hustler. Being Boss is another amazing resource for anyone interested in getting inspired and more importantly, getting started. 
I absolutely loved Emily's recent episode all about achieving work-life balance. It's a hot topic for my team as we enter the new year. Emily shares five top tactics for achieving a good work-life flow, whatever that looks like for you. And I totally resonated with how she feels about balance. Being Boss is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Listen to Being Boss wherever you get your podcasts. I'm fairly certain that my audio equipment is solid enough that you might not be able to hear it. But if you hear any weird noises in the background, it is 1000% my dog who is coughing up a hairball, which I thought was something only cats do. But he's making some really peculiar noises. And don't worry, I just checked on him and he's fine. I'm also playing naptime roulette right now in recording this episode. And I just wanted to shout out to all of the parents who are working and watching baby monitors and praying that your child actually sleeps. Solidarity. Solidarity to you. I was literally Googling this morning, when is the right time to transition your child from two naps to one nap? Because I fear that it is about that time with Quinn. And of course, I have no recollection of when we actually did that with Coco. Because as parents, you promise yourself you'll remember those important things and it is all a blur. So welcome to today. And I'm going to dive into all of this and so much more when I reflect on this last year. I mean, this last year was a crazy year. And this year, moving into a new year, it feels different. Not in like the, this will be my best year yet sort of year, but more so with this idea of like wonder, like kind of wonder what this year is going to hold for me. And I haven't really been shy in sharing that I'm in this season where I don't know exactly what's next. And so it's been a really fascinating way to move into a new year. It's been different for my approach. It's been different in how I'm goal setting. It's been different in how I'm planning. I'm a little nervous, to be honest. I feel a little like unsettled. And it's, you know, a peculiar place to be, but it's also a really honest place to be. And the more that I share about it, the more that I hear from people like you who are also in this place of like transition and anticipation. It's kind of fun, but it's also kind of freaky. I don't know. When I think about this past year, I mean, this year held a lot. It feels like an absolute lifetime ago. And it also feels like yesterday, but we kicked off this year and we spent two months in Arizona. It was a super special time. It was during my maternity leave with Quinn. And we were so fortunate. My parents and my three living grandparents all flew down to Arizona. And we had them with us for a month within walking distance. And there's just a lot of really precious memories. It felt really special to escape the winter with my family, settle into being a family of four, but also to have these like special days and moments and memories with my grandparents and my parents. And that was like a beautiful way to kick off the year. It was also interesting because both of my maternity leaves have fallen at the beginning of the year, which kind of leaves you in an interesting place in terms of like annual planning and resolutions, because you're not really in that headspace when you're postpartum. And so it was just kind of an interesting start to the year. I also started the year with announcing my book, How Are You Really? And I had a lot of prep for my book launch. So I feel like once we announced the book in January, all the way through until August, so much of the year was just devoted to the book and the book launch. And 
I did what felt like a million interviews, which was really interesting because after having Coco, I kind of stopped doing external interviews. I just didn't have the bandwidth. The time that I was spent working, it was working on my own business, my own show. And so it was really interesting being on the other side of the microphone, being interviewed. I think I did almost 100 interviews for my book which was so fun. And I feel like I learned a lot about podcasting just being on the other side of the microphone. It was amazing. I also had a really big highlight this year of launching my book. We were in New York City with my family. I went on the Today Show, which still feels like a dream. I got to talk to Savannah Guthrie. Carson Daly commented on my book and how he loved it. I went on a carousel in Central Park. Like, It was just a really, really special time. And it felt so amazing to do it with my family, like standing in Times Square and seeing a billboard with my book and my babies on it. Like, how do you top that? I mean, it was just like one of those core memories that I think I will hold on to for the rest of my life. I also got to meet so many of you. And that felt really special in a somewhat post pandemic world. I don't even know if we can use that language quite yet. But Getting to hug you in real life. I did events in New York City at the Aerie, at the Mall of America. I did an event in the Twin Cities. And it was so special to connect with you, to connect with readers, to talk about my book, to hug humans. Like It was really, really amazing. And I just have forgotten how special that is. And for me, that really anchors me into the work that I did. And so those events were amazing. I also did a little bit of hiring this year. So we hired two new contractors that were really transformative. I'm doing podcast episodes about both of these contractors coming up very soon. I hired a CMO, a fractional CMO, so chief of marketing. And I also hired an incredible contractor who is running chat funnels for us, which is another thing that I'll be talking about in an upcoming episode. And that was really exciting and not necessarily planned, but made a really big impact in my business and also kind of the trajectory of our strategy. Another big thing was building our dream home. I have another episode coming out. I have so many episodes I'm just so excited about, but I have an episode coming out with my home builder and just watching the progress go from this empty field to our dream home We're so close to moving in. We were hopeful to be in by now. We are not in our new house. We're in that weird transition place. But watching that progress and getting to like visit the job site once a week and see all the pieces that go into a house. Oh my gosh, it was so fun. Felt like our weekly visits felt like Christmas. Like drywall has never looked more beautiful. Roofing has never looked more interesting doorknobs have never been more exciting. Like there's just so many pieces of that process that were so beautiful. And, you know, we sat on land that we purchased for a couple years, just dreaming about what it would become. And then we planned our home build while I was pregnant, not knowing who Quinn would be. And so kind of just seeing all that has changed in that process has been so exciting. And I cannot express my level of joy that we get to live in our dream home and do life in it. And I'm just so excited for that. Quinn, our dream girl turned one. Like, How do I have a one-year-old? How do I have a four-year-old with Coco? watching the girls grow and getting to experience all of these stages for a second time, recognizing how 
quick everything goes, how temporary everything is. That was amazing. And watching Coco like grow and mature and blossom and become this kid who speaks in full paragraphs and become obsessed with princesses and Disney and tutus and unicorns and all these things like that has just been a massive joy. I feel like parenthood and just the year of transition has just been massive. I got to sneak away with Drew for a long weekend in Mexico with some friends. And that was one of our first vacations in a long time. We've been able to get traveling in. We've been able to get a few little solo weekends in. But this was truly a vacation. And it was so special and so needed. And when I think of this past year, a lot of my memories are just of spending time with my family. We had a lot of time with my family, whether it's random Monday night or weekends at my parents' house on the lake or birthday parties or pizza parties or celebrating the book launch or whatever that is. We had a lot of really special moments with my family. And that was something that was huge this year. And then finally, when I think about this last year, a huge highlight was just my health journey. When I even look at photos from the beginning of this year to now, I just can see the transformation. I can feel the transformation energetically. You know, I started this year at one month postpartum and ending this year in the best shape of my life in a lot of ways. And with just this new outlook on health and wellness and new routines, like I just really have transformed so much as last year, I did a whole podcast episode on my health journey. I get asked about it on a daily basis. And if you want to check it out, it's behind the scenes of my health journey. You can go to jennacutcherblog.com slash behind the scenes. And so that has just been a really huge piece of this year. And a part of my goal, which my word of the year for 2022 was vibrant. I wanted to not just feel vibrant, but I wanted to like give off this vibrant energy. Like you just, I wanted people to look at me and be like, wow, I can like feel her. Like I can feel her energy. It's different. It's contagious. And I feel like I lived into that word so much, so much. I mean, so much of last year went amazingly. It was a year for the books. When I think about it, it held all of the things that I love. And I feel like I achieved a lot. I mean, New York Times bestseller, that was a massive lifelong goal crossed off of the list. And there's just so much goodness in it. But, you know, when I think about it, like the next question would be like, didn't you get it all right? Like, is that it? Is, is this the episode? Do we stop recording right now and just say, well done and let's move on? No. I didn't get everything right. I actually got quite a few things wrong this year. And I was really challenged. And in writing this outline for this episode today, it was really good for me to kind of say like, hey, what didn't go so well? What didn't feel well? Because I think it would be really easy to just say, and that's a wrap and move into this year. But I also wanted to really think about like, what do I want to change in this new year? How do I want to grow? So here's what went wrong. Here's what didn't necessarily feel or look vibrant. Okay, so first, I don't think I anticipated how different having two kids would be. And I definitely think I would argue that going from zero kids to one kid is a bigger transition than going from one to two kids. 
I also didn't anticipate like just how stretched you can feel, right? And I'm sure people that are listening to this that have like four kids, they're like rolling their eyes at me. Totally fine. But I didn't anticipate how like, I mean, not a moment goes by that like one kid isn't awake during the day, right? Like Coco was an amazing napper and dang, that girl gave us some really good years of sleep. Like bless her. That girl in her sleep, she still loves sleep. She just doesn't nap anymore. And so it was really an interesting transition to kind of recognize that like, there's generally always a child awake that needs something. And it really made me go from being someone who could be this like epic nap time warrior. Like when Coco would take her three hour daily nap, I could crush work to having to fit work into these different pockets of time. And you know, even today recording this episode, you know, Drew did school drop off and then I nursed Quinn, put her down for a nap. Well, then she fought her nap. And so what was carved out as this work time for me so that Drew could go to the gym, you know, it just all fell apart. The wheels fell off. And I feel like that was a theme of this year, like where I just felt like I would have these windows, these pockets of time where I'd be confident, okay, this is when I'm going to get my work done. And things just didn't always go as planned with two children. And it's not a complaint. It's just an observation. And I think that it's something that I want to work on better because I just felt like work came second a lot this year, which was the goal, which was the priority. But I also in turn felt behind a lot or felt like I was dropping balls or felt like work was not getting the focus it needed. So you know, it's that balance of like, I'm pressing the brake pedal in work. I recognize that. I understand that. I honor that. But I also still need to feel like I'm prioritizing the right parts of it, if that makes sense. Another thing that didn't go great is we just threw off like my business's rhythm this year because of my book. And I'm prefacing this with saying the book launch was amazing. It went so awesome. I couldn't have asked for it to go better. I loved it. I enjoyed it. I want to do it again someday. But for the last few years, we've had this like rhythm of my business. We would do one launch per quarter. We kind of knew how things would unfold. And like having the book was this massive win, but it also posed this really interesting challenge. Like I cared so deeply about getting my book out into the world. If you have not read it yet, oh my gosh. I want you to read it. It is my greatest work. I truly believe that. But having this launch that happened in the middle of the year, my book came out June 28th. I paused pretty much everything else in an effort to launch it in a way that felt like, man, if I only do this once in my lifetime, I want to do it right. And so the rhythm was really different. And what was interesting about that is I felt like we were playing catch up in the second half of the year coming after the book launch, because the first six months were really focused on all things book, me doing interviews, me planning out the launch, me creating different pre-order incentives, me being in all the places like that kind of thing. So it was a massive success. It absolutely paid off. I have zero regrets around it. It just really messed with our business's rhythm. And it posed some interesting challenges. And here's what I would say for this is if you're listening and you're like, okay, what, how would this translate for me? If you don't have some sort of rhythm in your business, having a rhythm is amazing. 
So for me, what it looked like is we would do one launch per quarter of my programs. We would update each course each quarter. And this year we were kind of cramming things in, cramming launches, and we didn't really like go the way that we normally did. And so having this rhythm kind of provides consistency. And we just were lacking that this year. Trust me when I say I am not the most tech savvy entrepreneur out there. Like you will not hear me saying it's almost too easy when I'm talking about tech because tech usually isn't easy, especially for me. Tech for me is usually too complicated, too busy and too frustrating when it should be just plain easy. Until now, HubSpot CRM platform is ridiculously easy to use, learn, and love. That's because it's a handcrafted, sophisticated system designed for the way teams actually work, not a bunch of cobbled together tools that don't work well together. With a suite of powerful tools that seamlessly connects your teams and customizable hubs that you can add or subtract as you grow, it's not almost too easy to use. It's easy to use, period. Imagine giving your clients a delightful experience and having a delightful time doing it. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Another thing on a personal level that didn't go great this year is working out. Gosh, darn it. Like my health journey has been exceptional this year. I feel like an entirely new human. The way that I look at health, the way that I eat my health practices, I feel better than I have in forever. But all of that to say, I really struggled to work out this year. And let me also say like my husband is someone who craves working out like that man gets itchy if he doesn't work out like I can feel his energy when he doesn't work out. I am not like that. I'm not like that. I do not get like that. I more so feel guilty when I don't work out, which isn't a great feeling. And it's something I'm working on. But what's so interesting is, is that so much of my health transformed without being consistent with workouts. I feel like I consistently moved my body. I would generally hit my daily goal on my Apple Watch. Like I wasn't like this sedentary sloth. It just wasn't like me getting on my Peloton or me lifting weights or me doing yoga. Like none of that happened. I made it to hot yoga maybe 
four times this year. And every time I went, I was like, I got to come weekly. And then it'd be like a month or two. And then I'd get back. And I don't know if it's because I'm still nursing Quinn, which I kind of count as a workout. I mean, truly, or like my hormones haven't leveled out postpartum because I'm still nursing. I don't know what it is, but I just felt like my energy tank was low and the thought of working out sounded exhausting to me. And here's the thing in my brain, I know that I would probably get more energy if I worked out, but that is something I'm going to leave for this new year. One thing I'm very excited about is with our new home, we built this separate office space that is connected to our garage. So you cannot get to it through our house. It is going to be amazing for recording and soundproofing. It's going to be so great. Below the office space is a home gym. And I am so excited about this because my goal is we just got a Peloton tread. I want to be doing all of my meetings walking. So any meeting that I can take walking, that's the goal. I also just want to carve out time each day to even sit on my bike and do emails or whatever that looks like. I don't even have to be productive while I'm doing the workout, but I am really working on feeling stronger in the new year. Because of my health journey, I lost quite a bit of weight, but I just feel a little squishy. So I am looking to feel strong in the new year. And I think that's going to be my new word for the year. I haven't fully decided and committed yet, but I think strong is a word that I want to go after. So there's that. But I really have not been great at working out. Another thing that I really struggled with this year, and it's something that I really want to work on, is honoring and learning more about my ADHD. So done a podcast episode on this. This year led to what I consider a big diagnosis. I have thought that I've had ADHD for a while, but getting diagnosed with it has just been interesting for me. It's helped for me to look at my brain in a different way and understand that like I operate in a different way and try to honor that. But I feel like if I were to put my ADHD and honoring it in a category, it would go on to the flop side of what happened this year. After my diagnosis, I really wanted to carve out more time to just understand ADHD. And I feel like this year was slightly chaotic because I did not honor how I know I best focus, which is totally on me. You know, most of the time in the house that we lived in for the last five years, there's not a designated office. There's not like this space where I can go in and it's guaranteed quiet and the doors close and I can work. I ended up working a lot from the couch or our guest bedroom sitting on the bed. Like I didn't honor the ways that my brain could have probably worked better. And I think that's why I really struggled with focus this year and really struggled in feeling like I was achieving the things that I needed to in the time that I was given, which was very limited. And so I would just be working in the thick of the chaos of having everyone under one roof, kids needing me, you know, questions happening, house stuff going on, like, I just didn't honor it. And so this next year, something I really want to do, and I'm really hopeful having a separate office space is going to help with this, is just doing more focused work. Because I feel like I can achieve a lot in a small amount of time when I focus, but I really struggle with focus. And I didn't do a great job of figuring that out. Another one, and I'm slightly hesitant to even talk about this, which is so weird. It feels selfish. But here goes. Carving out solo time. You know... I don't know why it feels so selfish to even say that. 
And I feel like one of the greatest challenges this past year was finding time to myself to recharge. And something that I've learned a lot about myself in recent years is like, I am more introverted in that like I recharge alone. Like I love having the house to myself. I love having quiet time. I love having pockets of time where I'm like, what do I want to do? What does this look like? And, you know, as you can imagine, living and working from home and having us be all together all the time, it's amazing, right? Like it is the biggest blessing of my life. I will not disregard that fact. But I also found myself really craving like time to myself. And it was something that I really did not get a lot of. And something that's really interesting is that like my tendency is to like achieve, 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 be productive all the time. Even last night, I caught myself. Coco was taking a bath and she wanted to take a bath in my bathtub. And so I was in my bathroom and she's taking her bath and playing with her Barbies in the bathtub. And I'm like, Oh, what can I do right now? Oh, I could put my laundry away. Oh my gosh, I can do my skincare routine, like all these things. Like I'm always just trying to be productive. It's like a common flaw of me, but it's also why I am good at what I do. And I had to just like pause and like sit on the floor and just be present with her. And so, you know, with so many things happening this year between the book and the home build, felt like my achiever tendencies made me want to be productive all of the time. And there was not a lot of rest time. And there was definitely not a lot of alone time. When we were packing up our house, I remember there was just this moment where I was like so overwhelmed with making decisions and figuring out where everything's going to go. And what does this look like? And how do we get out of here and all this stuff? And I was like, I just need like a minute where like, nobody's asking me questions. Nobody needs me. And I was like, this is like a theme of this year. And again, prefacing all of this with like, I had such an amazing year with my family. But you know, one of my goals for next year is to do like a little solo wellness retreat and just take some time for myself where I don't have to be productive. I don't have to be on. I don't have to perform. I don't have to be efficient and just like rest. And so that's something that I really want to do this next year. But I also want to find ways to take solo time for myself and also give solo time to Drew. And like, how does that work? What does that look like for us? There are two more things that I want to cover that didn't necessarily go great or as planned. One of them is exploring hobbies. And maybe you're laughing like me. I literally wrote, what is a hobby, right? Like, what is a hobby? I feel like 2020, when I think about it, there is just more bandwidth for things that we were like exploring. Like I think about how, you know, we went on bike rides and Drew and I would sit down at the table and do puzzles. And, you know, we just like did these like fun things just for the sake of doing them. And we kind of got away from that this year. And there were things that I wanted to do this year or to try this year or to set aside time for. And it didn't necessarily happen in that way. And I'm not going to be dramatic and say like, oh my gosh, we were just in survival mode this year because that wasn't. But I also feel like the bandwidth between parenting, little kids and work, like I was stretched so thin that there absolutely was not like energy or time or bandwidth for anything else. And I mean, if a hobby includes watching five minutes of Real Housewives while I scarf down my lunch in between work, like then I did great on this objective. But I want more time for play in my life. 
And when I think about this past year, most of like what I picture as the play that happened was doing different arts and crafts with Coco, which is really fun. Drew and I often joke like her and I would sit down at night. Oftentimes she gets really tired because she doesn't take a nap anymore. And so we always try to kind of stretch out that window after dinner before bedtime. And her and I would watch YouTubes on how to draw different Disney characters and like that became our activity. And Drew would be like, what is this like mom's drawing hour? And like, that was really fun for me. But I also want to do hobbies for myself. Like there are just things that I want to learn. Like I would love to like take a pottery class or do something like that. I would love to take courses on different topics that have nothing to do with work. So just things like that. There's different hobbies that I want to explore. And then the last one, this is, I don't know. I don't know why I get like fostering more friendship. It's been really interesting to me. And when I think about it, as we were packing up our house and kind of reflecting on like, wow, we've lived here for almost five years. You know, we moved home almost five years ago and we've been through a lot in those five years, right? We've had two kids, done really big work things, navigated a pandemic. You know, there's a lot that happened in those five years. But One thing that I'm really craving is just more connection, especially local connection and making time for it. You know, I was packing up and I found this birthday card from my mom. And in it, it was like, you know, no gift this year. I just want to take you out to lunch. And I was like thinking about it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like in five years, I haven't just gone out to lunch with just my mom. Like, you know, we spend a ton of time together, but usually she'll come here, hang out with the girls, all these things. But like, Just thinking about like, when have I made time for things like that, especially outside of my family? And one thing I'm proud of myself for this year is that I like went out, I coordinated playdates with three of Coco's friends from school and their moms. And like, I went out on the limb and like coordinated those things. And honestly, like that felt like a big deal to me. I don't know why making friends is so hard and nobody talks about it. But like, it's really tricky to get connected. And, you know, when Coco started school, it was still in the midst of the pandemic. And so we didn't get like the normal orientation of like, parents meeting and like different parent activities. And so I felt like we kind of missed out on that opportunity. And so this year, I was like, I want to be more intentional and meet other moms and like connect. But it's really interesting, because like, I don't have a core group of friends where we live, I have neighbors that we absolutely love, you know, and our life is just a little bit different. We're on the go a lot, but like I can use those things as excuses or I can just like make a better effort. And I really want to make a better effort this year. And I want to also say like, I have some really deep friendships. Like I don't feel like there's a lack in deep relationships in my life. I feel so filled up you know, my college roommates and I are still super close. And I have friends in the entrepreneurial space that I talk to every day. And so I feel like when I look at my phone, I'm absolutely connected with meaningful relationships. I just want the kind of friends that like, come over and don't care if your house is a disaster, or, you know, you can do slumber parties with and like, I am working actively on that in my life. And it's kind of feels like dating. I mean, I haven't dated since I was 19 years old. But like, it feels like that where it's like, Oh, should I text him? Is that appropriate? Is it too soon? And so I just that is a goal of mine. I want to foster some local relationships and friendships. And I want to just have that be a focus this next year and just make an effort in a new way. 
I know what it's like to feel completely thrown off your game because you're just not motivated or your mind isn't in the right space. That's why I'm thrilled to tell you all about superhuman activations. Now, if meditation isn't for you, you need to try activations instead. Activations are a groundbreaking new type of audio that's this mix of a motivational podcast, cinematic music, and guided visualization. They are fundamentally different from meditation and a lot more exciting to listen to. Instead of calming you, activations are motivating, energizing, and transformative. You'll reach your goals faster whether you want to earn more money, get clarity, achieve a health goal, or feel like you're reaching your highest potential. They're essentially a shortcut to get to where you want to be and the ultimate way to visualize your future self. And you can only find them on the Superhuman app. I use and love Superhuman and find myself playing activation several times a day, whether I'm baking bread, doing my skincare, or even when I'm in the shower. Superhuman offers something completely different to other apps out there, and I cannot wait for you to try them. Take advantage of their 14-day free trial and head over to activations.com forward slash gold digger to start your trial and save over 60% off your membership. There is literally no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The discount is only available through their website, not the app store. So visit activations.com forward slash gold digger now for over 60% off. Do not miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts and it expires soon. That's activations.com forward slash gold digger. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So... Those are the things that didn't go great, but kind of the game plan around them. 
And this year, like when I just reflect, it was just an amazing year. I feel like I'm going to look back on this stage of life. And even though some days it just feels like I'm in the thick of it, and I'm going to be like, how the heck did we manage to do what we did when the kids were young? And what does this look like? I also feel like I don't have any regrets. I mentioned this, but when we were in Mexico a few weeks ago, on the last evening, my friend Pete, who is super intentional in conversation, made us all go around in a circle. And there were four different couples there. I think there were five couples in total. We knew some of them did not know some of them. And it was just this really fun trip. And we went around in a circle and we wanted to share... Pete asked us to share, like, where do you hope to be a year from now? Like, Imagine we're all together a year from now. We're sitting in the same place. What do you hope that you're reporting? And it was so interesting because I got like so emotional. I didn't expect it, but I got super emotional. And I just shared like, I hope that a year from now, I can be in a very similar place to where I am right now. I feel really grounded, even in the uncertainty. And I feel like I was a really great and present mom this last year. And I feel like I unapologetically have hit the brakes in a lot of areas of my life that no longer serve me or aren't in alignment or feel overwhelming so that I can just be in this thick of parenthood, really. And I was just like crying, (laughs) mostly out of gratitude, because I feel like I can see so many people who later on in their life, they're like, I missed it. Like I, you know, those years were so precious and I was working and I missed it. And I don't feel like I'm missing it. You know, I actually feel like the opposite. I'm I'm missing work because I'm so with my kids and in the thick of it. But I hope when I look at this next year, I hope that I lean in to this continued desire to keep pulling back, to keep my foot on the brake pedal a bit and just keep and maintain the flexibility to be the kind of mom I want to be without apologizing or without feeling like I'll be irrelevant or I'm going to be left behind. Like I hope that I keep that confidence in knowing that like I can hit the brake and I know where the gas pedal is and I know how to use it when I'm ready. I also hope that I can unlock this sort of freedom that I've been able to experience as an entrepreneur and unlock it more for my team members so that they can have the same semblance of balance. Like something that I'm really hopeful for in this new year is that me and my team can approach work from this place of excitement and joy without overwhelm, without urgency. And we've operated like that for years. I can say that like there are very few emergencies in the business that I run. But I want for us to keep this pursuit of unlocking what that looks like. Things that we're hopeful for are like four-day work weeks. That's something I want to explore. I want to explore having limited Slack hours so that we don't feel like we have to be tethered to our computer from 9 to 5. Like I want to just keep pursuing that, not just for myself as a leader, but for my team. And that's something I'm excited about. I also hope that when I feel like misalignment, that I can just let go of things and... I want to keep leaning into my ever-changing identity. Like something that's so beautiful about the season of life and not exactly knowing what's next is I feel like I'm shifting and I'm growing and I'm changing. And I want to just keep leaning into that. I, from a tangible standpoint, like I want to speak on a few more stages next year. Like I 
said no to just about every invite for years and years and years on speaking and keynote speaking. And I actually have loved stepping onto stages this year. I've loved being out and meeting people and hearing how my work impacts them and hearing what they hope to learn. And like that was just something that was super exciting to me. And I'm excited and grateful that I tested that out. And for most of my speaking things this year, I was able to bring my family with, which gave us these opportunities to visit different places like Salt Lake City and Florida. And one thing that I did do this year that I loved when I traveled alone, and I only traveled alone like two times this year, but I booked one extra day to relax and to be alone and to rest. And that was a practice that I think would help fulfill some of that desire to have more alone time and to integrate that in with some of the things that I have going on. You know, the final thing that I really hope in this new year is just I hope that I can keep feeling creative and experimental and open to trying new things and new ways and new messages. And I am just feeling this pull into business on this more like soul level. And I don't really know what that will look like. But I want to claim that inner artist that started all of this and to just get back into that place of being brand new and creative and experimental and all those things and just to see what that uncovers. And so I'm very excited about that and what it might bring. This year was just a really special one. And it's hard to sum it up. And I hope that whatever your year was for you, that you take some time to reflect whether you sit down and record a voice memo to remember it or write it down in your journal or write a blog post or whatever that is. I think it's really crucial that we do this as human beings. You know, a lot of times we wait until January 1st to become the person that we want to become. And these check-ins can really serve as just this reminder of how far you've come and what you've accomplished, but also this place where you can kind of redirect your compass in where you want to go. And I just want to close this out and just say thank you for being a part of this year, whether you became a student in one of my courses, or you became a reader of my book, or you got your hands on my new journal, or you joined my email list or whatever that is. I have this deep, deep appreciation for you and for you being here and what that means for me and my family. And I just want to leave you with this. I sense amazing things for you and for this next year for you. And I'm so excited to hopefully walk alongside of you as you embark on this brand new fresh year. And if you have been waiting for a fresh start, I hope that you claim this one and claim it as your own. And I just want to say thank you for being a part of this. And thank you for listening to this podcast. And thank you for supporting this show. And I cannot wait for us to move through this next year together. And with that, my daughter is waking up from her nap. I'm going to go scoop her out of her bed and give her lots of kisses. Thank you so much, Gold Diggers, for walking through 2022 with me. I cannot wait to see what this next year has in store. And I'm so pumped for us. I have a feeling that maybe this will be our best year yet. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. 
And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.